For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. YouTube is banning all sorts of content. Are they doing it for the good of society? Or is there more to the story? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And a lot of what I look at is why the stories of the day affect each and every one of us, even if it doesn't seem like it. And I always take the angle of our rights, our protections from an overarching government. And uh, the First Amendment is the First Amendment for a reason. It's a, a, a freedom of speech issue. It's because that is our objection to the government, transparency, that kind of thing is essential to keeping them honest. Actually, if you look at the Bill of Rights, a lot of the stuff works like that. And when I look at uh, so people say, well, it's not an absolute right. You can't cry fire in a crowded theater. And I say, actually, there are remedies for that stuff. If you create actual damage, like crying fire in a crowded theater and there isn't one and people get hurt or the theater owner um, gets damages or loses business, those people can sue you and you are responsible for it. So there are checks and balances to that for actual damage done. And that is the kind of remedy. Uh, also, if you were to go out and say something uh, untrue and damaging to another person, that's defamation, liable, slander, those things. You And they can take action against you. They can stop you. And those are the remedies that are there to counter control you, so you're there, those, these rights and protections in the Bill of Rights are there to control the government. Uh, and, and if you abuse those rights or encroach on other people's rights to pursue happiness or to have liberty or property, they have remedies against you. So creating entire platforms or uh, structures for regulation seem to me like that that isn't what they're after. They're not after preventing real harm. There's probably something more to it. And I, so I was looking into, uh, I, and another thing that like gives the lie to the fact that the, that the censorship that big tech is talking about, particularly YouTube came out this week with uh, new hate speech policies. And, uh, when I look at that and I see how my kids access YouTube and how hard I have tried to get them to uh, to be able to put filters on YouTube specifically, which is the Google product, and I've absolutely failed to do so, I, I mean, some really dark themes that are embedded in Disney videos or in channels that, like, you can be watching a Disney um, a totally fine 
like top 10 Disney princesses or whatever. And then I was actually witnessing this the other day. So I guess my son had cycled through all these Disney things. And then uh, a new channel kind of got into the autoplay that said uh, inappropriate moments in Disney films if you freeze the frame. And it showed like 10 totally... I mean, you could probably freeze anything and read something into it, and then they would freeze the frame, and they would tell you what this inappropriate theme could be overlaid onto that. And the fact that this is autoplaying on what is clearly my child's site, now, I you can do like an under eight kids YouTube, but teens and, you know, they won't look at that, and that's when the really inappropriate stuff pops up. So don't think they're really trying. They're they're really trying to do this for the good of society. They're doing it for other reasons. And the things that they are uh, they're prohibiting, it says the kind of content that will be prohibited under YouTube's new hate speech policies include videos that claim Jews secretly control the world, that say women are intellectually inferior to men and therefore should be denied certain rights, or that suggests that the white race is superior to another race, a uh, YouTube spokesman said. So uh, channels that post some hateful content but that do not violate YouTube's rules with the majority of their videos may receive strikes under YouTube's three-strike enforcement system but would not be immediately banned. Okay, I have received a strike under their enforcement system uh, for bullying, for bullying Sheriff Israel after the Parkland show. Uh, and I believe it was a show that I did on WSB. And I, it did not, I read their policies and what I said did not violate it. It's the, the existing policies say that you have to, you have to mean it to hurt somebody, to your, your purpose is uh, to disparage or harm an individual, not just go on a political rant. But then they talk about what the next step is. The next step is uh, YouTube announced in January that it would recommend fewer objectionable videos, such as those with conspiracies about the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks and vaccine misinformation, a category it called borderline content. And they talk about other kinds of uh, conspiracy theories also, including, um, well, I can't, I don't, I don't have that handy, but my, with some of this stuff, to talk about 9-11 or to talk about JFK or uh, to talk about Sandy Hook, these episodes never had a trial. They never had a public airing. So it is not, it's not crazy to question it. This is why I, I, I believe that I'm, uh, that, you know, maybe I haven't thought of all the, um, if there's a downside to it, but I don't believe in plea bargains and I, I believe there should be trials even if, if the perpetrator or the accused died in the act that we should have public live streaming trials, even posthumously, so we can vet the real full total truth behind, uh, uh, the events that are shaping our world, the events that they are using to justify taking away our fundamental rights. They are talking about this new world, this new, 
this uh, these new threats that require a new legal architecture. And if you're suggesting that, then what we really need is proof that what you're saying happened happened in the way you're saying it happened. And because it happened uh, and for the reasons that you're saying, the connections need to be clear to us. And so we question them because we don't we can't be sure we have all the facts. They haven't been revealed in the public forum in a way that we can uh, test them for evidentiary value. And particularly, this is what's really crazy, is that I I stumbled upon, I had seen this stuff before, I'd mentioned it before, about Google being a, a creation of military intelligence. Google owns YouTube. So so when you look at these monopolistic companies that uh, are are censoring free speech, they're considered to be non, they're not public companies, they're private companies, they should be able to do what they want is the libertarian's argument, which I do think is exploited. Uh, or now you have, I mean, there were five articles front and center on wallstreetjournal.com today and one that came across my screen from Peggy Noonan at the Wall Street Journal. So six articles today Separate articles saying we should regulate big tech. Noonan says break them up, regulate them, all that. Uh, I'm going to get to that. But they are saying that these, they, they repeatedly in these articles, it says these entrepreneurs went from startup to monopolist before we knew what hit us. Well, this is why we need public disclosure of the true and complete facts. Because that's not the truth. So the remedy they recommend to address the the problems that we have uh, are probably also not genuine. The problem isn't that uh, these guys just got out of control for profit motives or that the government can be trusted to rein it in. The true reality is, and I'll read you the headline of this article and some of the excerpts from it, this article uh, that was published in December 2017, It's about a year and a half ago. It says Google's true origin partly lies in CIA and NSA research grants for mass surveillance. Now, that headline understates what is revealed in this article. And if you want to know what the article, uh, if it has any credibility, it was written by a guy named Jeff Nesbitt, who is the former director of legislation, legislative and public affairs at the NSF, the National Science Foundation, which was the arm of uh, or, or the delegated body of these intel operations, these intel uh, CIA, the intelligence community, I see, in a project that they established Google as a part of, which was called the Massive Digital Data Systems Project. And and it was established by large military and intelligence contractors in the 90s, in the early to mid 90s. And its goal, its purpose, they said intelligence needed to Uh, track every single person, all their online activity, and identify their herds, the birds of a feather. They were supposed to identify all that stuff, but they didn't want to pay for it themselves, and they couldn't get the funding for it. So what they did was they wanted to, through research grants to universities, professors, and universities is where there was a massive amount of data to 
play with, just like Facebook, which I also have evidence here that it's, or circumstantial evidence that it's a similar situation. What they wanted to do was create these really valuable pieces of intellectual property that were meant to search, rank searching, um, categorize people, stuff that was very high level stuff to create very valuable intellectual property that would attract Silicon Valley money and expand this uh, to a massive scale. It's like crowdsourcing and crowdfunding data gathering and data analysis, not only to track people, but uh, on the Facebook level and also some of the things we talked about last week, which I'll revisit, uh, other arms of Google, Jigsaw, Amazon with their emotion reader and stuff. These are some of this data is meant to reveal patterns that will help them educate uh, AI, artificial intelligence, to seem more real, to seem more human. This stuff is all coming together and every single article that I read in the Wall Street Journal about how big tech is this greedy monopolist, uh, the series of greedy monopolists that legislators need to crack down on before it's too late is absolutely smoke and mirrors. There's so much more to this story and I'm going to lay it out little by little. If you are afraid of big tech, if you if you think they've gone too far, give me a call 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. No, never give up, never surrender. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are talking about big tech and uh, the calls to regulate it, the their, uh, they claim there are calls that they should censor more aggressively. What do you think? Should they censor more aggressively? They claim they're trying to answer our our prayers. And uh, um, I'm, I'd like to know your opinion. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to go to Eric in Atlanta. Eric, hi, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you feeling? Great. How are you doing? Very oh, good. You turn your um, radio off. Sorry. Okay, go for it. Okay, so um, I don't really think that it's the uh, big tech companies that have gone too far. I think we've gone too far um, because we we are the primary product that Facebook and Google produces. We, the data. Well, yeah, because you know, because you know, we we are their entertainment. We become our you know our own entertainment, and we let our guard down because everything's free. And then, and then you know, we say, well, you know, this could never happen to me. And then when it happens to you, we say, well, okay, so this happened to me. You know, how how dare they? When they didn't dare, we dared. What? Go, give me a little bit more. 30 seconds. Go. We, we dared to let our guards down on, on Facebook and on Google. Um, and I don't really think that the big tech companies are the ones who are doing anything. I think we're doing it for them. That, that's such a, a fantastic point, Eric. I had not, in all my thinking, hadn't put that together, but I've had that thought in other ways about the the high cabal 
I want to carry on your point, Eric, after the break. Tell you what I what really important insight I think you brought to us. 404-872-0750-800. WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And a, and a, a, a big threat to our liberty, I think, is the way big tech has become the forum for discussion and and economic activity. I mean, you really, it, it's, I, I can't help, I'm not, super religious. I don't like live by revelations, but I remember thinking my father said the social security number. my father was into that. And he said, the social security number is like the mark of the beast. You need the mark of the beast to interact in the marketplace. And, and truly like big tech, I feel like you need a smartphone, which is why they, you know, they have to give people Obama phones or whatever. People have to be able to engage that way. But when you have a gateway like that, in order to just make ends meet, to feed your family, you are part of the system, plugged into the matrix or in the marketplace of the beast, whatever. But you are there and you and you're vulnerable to it. And that's and so you become a part of this realm where free speech isn't just uh, being able to petition publicly in the at, at Congress in physical person. They actually have limits on that that you may or may not know about. You can't get too close. But now uh, it seems like the forum, the public square, is, are these big tech platforms. And libertarians I've always noticed or recently noticed have been exploited. And I just read in Peggy Noonan's article, by the way, Peggy Noonan was at Bilderberg last year. So that is interesting. Uh, I just read in her article that was in the Wall Street Journal today that they, uh, that they used that Facebook deliberately used create I, I don't know if i believe her story but her story is that mark zuckerberg invited a bunch of conservatives and libertarians to have an off the record meeting and that it was later revealed that they intended they they intended to get the libertarians and the conservatives to fight as the conservatives wanted to regulate uh facebook to get rid of the to force and end to liberal bias while the libertarians defended uh, freedom of speech or the freedom of this private company. And I understand that debate and I can engage in that debate. However, I don't think that debate is relevant because what what these companies are, are actually written by the guy who established Google as such um, or one of the co-conspirators in the National Science Foundation, uh, Jeff Nesbitt, said that it is a private public partnership of mass surveillance and it has been since they funded it on purpose in the 90s to create valuable intellectual property and give it to the people who were working towards their goal so once you do that you prevent other people from not only accessing that platform but from independently inventing it that's what a lot of those patents do. You can have independent invention and then you cannot, if you're not first to the patent, you can't use it. So 
so there's that. It's funny because uh, uh, Peggy Noonan said in this article that they invited her, but they said, as a conservative activist, you are welcome to come, but it's going to be off the record. And she said, I'm a journalist, and I would come in that capacity, and which case it would have to be on the record, so no thank you, you twerp, I think is like the word she uses, so ridiculous. But she accepted those restrictions when she went to Bilderberg last year, because as my trusty producer Binkley, who's right here, has pointed out to us, they operate under the Chatham House rules. The Chatham House rules, the CFR's sister in England, the Chatham House has these rules where you can talk about what you learn from these meetings, but you can't attribute them to anyone. Uh, You can't record it. You can't report on it as such. So she was willing to do that for her Bilderberg buddies. And we're supposed to think that she's fighting the good fight in the pages of the journal for our consumption. But what I read her articles for is to see exactly what that uh, cabal is after. And uh, her conclusion is uh, break them up, break them in two, in three, regulate them, declare them to be what they've so successfully become, once a pleasure, now a utility. So the idea to bust these big monopolies is that you should regulate them like utilities and if you look at utilities you will see they're extremely difficult to uh to find competition for when you do it like that you block all startups because who can surmount what is actually called in economics regulatory barriers to entry so to me this is closing the door uh, after the hor- the barn door after the horses have escaped, and it also pretends that these companies weren't created for the purpose, in the case of Google, to ident- identify and corral uh different herds of people, different digital herds, they call them birds of a feather, and to track their movements, and I would say also to guide them. But in a lot of these other cases, including what Jigsaw, uh, Jared Cohen, who always goes to Bilderberg, uh, works for this Google company called Jigsaw, where they're focusing on curating comments for tone, for sarcasm, this is another thing, Binkley, you would like. Binkley, have you, did you notice this about uh, what Jigsaw, it, it took me a while to really absorb what Jigsaw specifically is doing. Have you noticed this, what they're doing? Isn't it AI that's scanning for bad, quote, bad or hateful content? Yes, but specifically what it looks to me like they're really focusing on is uh, looking at, the tone of a comment. So they said they're not actually worried about the content. They're worried about the tone. And when I went back and looked at uh, the CIA company called LifeLog, which closed down the day Facebook opened up and they basically had the exact same idea as Facebook, get people to put their data in. And they were saying not that it was for surveillance purposes, which clearly it is, but to, to, recognize patterns of behavior of talking of interacting of friendships that will help them make ai and robots seem more human so then right so then when i see what jigsaw is doing where they're entirely focusing on the tone of a comment i believe that they're using this you know hate speech or terrorism or whatever those are their two like excuses to access all of this massive amount of data to recognize patterns and how people talk. 
Absolutely. Right? Don't you think? I mean, you do the deep, you've looked at the deep fake stuff. That's what they want to do. They want to be able to anticipate people's behavioral patterns and gathering, understanding the way they speak and you know, their patterns online is a way to do that. So they're trying to train the AI to be as sophisticated as possible. Well, Byron sent us a, another um, link, you know, the latest in the deep fake that they said, oh, they're so glad that I get, I'm sure it's the government. I mean, these things are just so intensely expensive capital wise that if it was a private entity doing it, I can't imagine it would be worth the labor that it's supposedly replacing and it wouldn't be spread across every user. It would be held closely by the person who invented it. This idea that they're using deep fakes to edit movies, to just like bridge gaps, to change what people are saying or to correct faux pas that they can make it seamless. Yeah. Did you see the latest on that? I've heard something about that. I didn't see something recently about that. Yeah. So there, so I look at this deep, so all this stuff as you brought out to us, all of this stuff is coming up like kind of all at once. You've got deep fake, you have this acceleration, in my opinion, of the data mining, data analysis, the nuances of hate and all that, that I think are going to plug into this AI thing, which, uh, which will plug in with augmented reality, virtual reality, and all of the uh, Internet of Things that 5G will run. So I just yeah. feel like we're we, things are coming to a head real soon. Maybe it'll take a couple of years, but that they're r almost ready to launch. Absolutely. There has been more and more augmented reality apps that pop up in your s suggested app. And I, I've, I've tried a few of them, and, and they're, I mean, it's unbelievable. How oh, really? real it seems. Well, that's it, what Pokemon Go, I never used it, but that was like, I feel like that was a trial run. Imagine Pokemon Go, but you're seeing the augmented reality through your contact lenses, which is what wow. DARPA is currently working on. And Pokemon is a dog or an alien. It's like, like a, yeah, it looks real and it could be something that looks real that cannot possibly be real, which could induce psychosis this is yeah. something yeah tell me what you have to say and then i want to it's her. called uncanny valley when there is a a robot or so, some sort of computer that almost kind of seems human but there's something just off about it interesting well this is what so something i have absolutely noticed which is why when they're telling me they're trying to uh track trying to figure out how to suppress hate speech, how to suppress, how to identify tones, how to prevent terrorism, all this kind of stuff, that it's ridiculous to me that they, nobody addresses what I would say most of us care way, 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 way more about. The most important thing, listen, as I'm speaking, think in your mind, what is... Uh, actually, my son asked me, he said, at school they asked us, what is the one thing, if you could change, that you think would make society better? If there's one thing you could eliminate that would make society better, and he heard this at school, and I was 100% positive that they were trying to get him to say guns, right? But I would actually like to have a gun. Like, that would be, that would solve that problem. But, um, but the, the thing I said was uh, inappropriate YouTube content for by age like i want a button and and it's very hard to get that done maybe you've done it you've you know maybe not you but people listening have found a way to do that but i have a son who has down syndrome and he will he can't the youtube like for eight-year-olds 
is not appropriate for him. It doesn't engage him. And he just loves YouTube because it kind of feels interactive. It's in little bits. And I will set him up with Disney. I will set him up with um, with the, who's the cat? Not the regular show. There's one with the cat. Gumball. I'll set him up with this stuff. And it will quickly morph into um, blind reaction too, and then it'll go from gumball to family guy. And every time I walk by, it's some inappropriate scene. And so I try to cut it out for him. Like you can't use YouTube. You can only use Netflix and it has to be on the kid setting. And when I did try to do that, he, he got bored and literally wandered off. Like I couldn't, you know, I, normally I watch him like a hawk, but if I'm going to do dishes, I put him in front of YouTube, which I'm sure people like people can relate to this for little kids and maybe it works for them, but I just don't believe that they can't censor that. And then on the other hand, when I, for you to control, you know, uh, my other kids get so addicted to the phone that I, uh, social media in particular, that it alarms me. So I was ready to just throw the phones out the window and then screen time came up. So Apple finally came up with a, a, something that you can control that stuff. But when I kids, my kids first got phones, I went bananas trying to figure out how to control it. And I just couldn't. And terrible things happened. I mean, stuff got through it. You could I could not control it completely. Yeah. And kids, they all go to school and oftentimes are more technologically astute than their parents and yeah they yeah. will trade around these hacks you want to spark some creativity take away a kid's phone and they'll find a way Well, plus they'll find phones in people's drawers that they're not using anymore and that'll hook up to wi-fi so even if you've turned their thing off yeah and i i i, I mean there are even kids young kids who you, they can get like a psychotic break, I think, from watching like extremely inappropriate content. Like if you look at something really nasty stuff that like I would never have never experienced, mm -hmm. it can really mess with a kid. And I, I want I want people to tell me, like, is that is this just me or do other people have this experience where it's like alarming that your kids are addicted to it or are seeing inappropriate things? Let me get out the number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me at, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley's chomping at the bit. I'm going to get to him after the break and to your calls. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Uh, Binkley has a thought experiment for us, so I'm going to wait till the top of the hour. And uh, Joe has had a serious issue with the video games, which I also want to wait till the top of the hour, so we have some time. But Cody, Cody, I need to talk to right away. Cody, you're on with Monica. All right, well, howdy, howdy. I was listening to you talk about YouTube, and something just occurred to me that might work for your son. You ever heard of uh, Kids YouTube? I have, I'm telling you, but it's, my son is, he's, he's like a 12 year old, I would say, and his taste of YouTube and the kids is like up till eight years old. So I tried to set him up with that and it just doesn't hold his interest. And then he, I mean, I can just ban YouTube altogether and that's what I want to do. And as a matter of fact, I wonder sometimes if they start saying, okay, we can finally get you to censor it because they know that we're at the end of our ropes and we're going to take it into our own hands and eliminate it completely. But yeah, that just, that wasn't good enough for me. And there's a safety thing on the bottom that'll eliminate porn, but like he has, uh, Squidward is suicidal. That's like, was the worst one ever. I've told people about that before. 
that it won't get rid of. Hmm, I hadn't even heard about that one. Yeah, I've seen so, some crazy, crazy stuff on there, but that was a new one for me. Yeah, no, it's not cool. And and this is this is the thing that bothers me is that what um, and my son is kind of a funny litmus test because he can tell you in a simple way, like he doesn't hide anything. So those dark themes like pop right out of his mouth. So I'm like, what the heck have you been watching? And then I see that it's subtly inserted. And that goes to a concept that I introduced on the last show, mimetics, mimicry. Um, let's let's talk about that next. Joe, hang on. Binkley, hang on. Uh, 800 WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.